Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. It's alive! It's alive! Oh, sorry, that's an unusual way to start a message on a Sunday morning, isn't it? But I just wanted you to be aware that, you know, it's a sort of a duty of care thing. I brought something into church today that's alive. But look, don't worry, it's not a snake. I thought of bringing a red back in. I often go out at night with my torch and a bit of fly spray. I killed 12 redbacks in my front yard just a few nights ago. I thought, maybe I'll bring one of those along. But I thought, no, no one will want to see that. It's not a mouse, ladies. You don't have to jump up on a chair. No, the opposite. Of anything that you might not like, the truth is that what's under my hat is something that's wonderfully alive. It's something that can actually share life with us, something that can bring us freedom if we're in bondage, direction if we're wandering, purpose if we're without focus, love if we're loveless, joy if we're experiencing sadness, community if we're alone, hope if we're in despair, healing if we're sick and life without measure. Aren't you glad I brought it? What do you think it is, a Netflix membership? A footy club membership, maybe a Carlton membership or something like that. No. A brochure for interstate travel. Wow. A new Samsung or an iPhone. What do you think it is? Yes, it's the Bible. A hundred years, you know, a hundred years ago about a famous American preacher called Billy Sunday he used to get his hat and throw it on the ground somewhere and just stand there and yell out, it's alive, it's alive, it's alive, until he got a big crowd around and then he'd pull out his Bible and begin to preach. And you know, he wasn't telling a lie because this book is alive. And you might think as I do that this morning, you might, oh, ho-hum. Ho-hum, Ian's going to talk about the Bible. I might just go to sleep for half an hour. But you know, I'm not talking about the pages or the binding and the print I'm talking about the recording of the words of the God of the universe choosing to speak to you and me. You know, for decades now, I've been amazed at how, in some ways, you know, I think we waste some money. And since, in the world, I mean, and since 1974, highly experienced and important scientists have been sending out constant radio messages into space with the hope of connecting with someone or someone, something out there. And yet, here we have a whole treasury of messages sent to us from the God of the universe himself. The Word of God. The living Word of God. The Word of God that brings life. It says itself, in the beginning, God spoke his good word, let there be light, let there be life, and there was You see, by his word, God brings life. In fact, the person that we follow in this church here, Jesus, believed this so much that it was when he was challenged by the devil to turn some some stones into bread because he hadn't eaten for 40 days. 
Jesus said, man and women don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I wonder as we consider having our souls awakened to fullness of life at the beginning of this year, if there are some of us, some among us, who are leaving ourselves vulnerable in life by trying too often to live just on bread alone. Could it even be you? Are you in need of a diet change this year for the good of your soul? So can I ask you a question this morning? Are you a Bible reader or are you a Bible admirer? Are you a Bible nibbler? Maybe just taking a little snack of God's word on a Sunday or now and then? Or are you a Bible consumer? Are you like, you know... You ever got a big packet of chips and just eaten a whole lot by yourself and you've got to hide the packet so your wife can't find it? You know that sort of thing? Are you a Bible consumer? Where something's missing in your day as much as if you haven't read a portion of your Bible as if you had not sat down to a meal for the day? That's a challenge, isn't it? But perhaps one of the greatest investments anyone can purposefully make to coming alive spiritually this year is to begin to invest time daily taking in God's word. Jesus thinks so. You see, the sad reality is that for many people who say they follow Christ, there is a basic diet problem going on. Just nine years ago, Christianity Today surveyed and found that 80% of Australian Christians' personal daily investment in reading the Bible is not happening. For 80% of Christians... Reading the Bible is not happening. Many are trying to live week by week on bread alone with just maybe a morsel of Bible fed to them on Sunday. But if that's you, as Dan said at the start of this series, shame's not a good motivator. There's no joy in that. What I want to do is just share with you today the amazing reasons why you and I should start to open and consume our Bibles every day. Our series this February, as we begin this year of being awakened to all that God has for us, is to have our souls awakened to relationship with him through personal prayer, through intimacy with his spirit and through engagement with his written word. So I wanted to share with you my seven reasons, and you might have others, but my seven reasons why I think the Bible stands alone as the preeminent document you can ever have the privilege to read and why reading the Bible is part, together with prayer and receiving and filling of the Holy Spirit, of the most wonderful and rewarding change you can make to bring your soul to be truly awakened to all the potential of life and the accomplishment and success that God has for us to share. So let's talk about the Bible. Did you know, this is my number one, did you know the Bible is the most successful book ever written? Now, I looked on various sites on the internet to double-check this. So if following the trends of bestsellers is what you're into, then the Bible is the book for you. In fact, it's so far above the others that very often it's less left off the lists of the bestsellers. When we think of best-selling books, what would you think of? Harry Potter, some of those other ones, with, you, know, you know, those ones about shades of grey that you know, I don't even want to talk about all these things. But, you know, apparently, according to the internet, the highest seller in history is Don Quixote, written by a Spanish novelist in the 1600s with an eye-watering 500 million copies produced. That's if you ignore the Bible. 
which has had well over 5,000 million copies produced. If you want to read the book you really should read in life, it has to be the Bible. Secondly, it's the most unique book ever written. You might not know this. You see, there really is no other book like the Bible on the planet. There are other religious books for sure, but there is nowhere else in any religion or philosophy something like the Bible. Other religious traditions generally have a book written by a leader to establish the faith. I've read some of them. But the Bible is unique. The Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors writing 66 different documents not knowing at the time that what they were writing would end up being the Bible. They were living in different countries with different cultures, languages and understandings of the world. The Bible includes world history. There are personal family histories. There's poetry, there's law, there's prophecy, there's theology, there's moral teaching. There are four separate and distinct but compelling eyewitness accounts of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then, weirdly, there's a whole bunch of letters from some Christians written to other Christians. Imagine if you wrote a a letter to other Christians and it ended up in the Bible. Isn't that amazing what we've got in here? And yet, whilst it's written by so many people over such a long time and distance, it is entirely internally, amazingly consistent in its revelation of one God. How can that be? God's character does not change from the first page to the last. And his plan and future does not change from the first page to the last. And his love does not change from the first page to the last. Just think about how this could be possible if this were a purely human project, as a lot of people would say. Imagine about 3,500 years ago, someone started to write down who he or she thought God was. Then with gaps in time and place and culture, imagine what it means that over a period of 1,500 years at different times and places, 39 other independent authors and their communities linked only by this seeming continuous encounter with this one good God, continue to write down what God was saying and doing and giving and wanting from us and for us. In a diverse collection of writings, people who didn't know each other, when put together, how could that show an entire consistency in the character of the the one central God and the one message of hope that the Bible brings? Imagine, just to make it more compelling that many of these authors, under the guidance of God's Spirit, would put prophetic messages about the far future into their writings, which at the time wouldn't have made human sense to them, but which would make sense to readers like us. Because the Bible itself said all of this has happened for us, for our benefit. Then imagine further that the story written by these different people who didn't know each other would rather than being like all the other religious texts that tell us about how to get back to God, this one would have a unique and brilliantly gracious and unexpected thread of an amazing promise of a God who would be our rescuer himself, one who would come and rescue us, and the writers would consistently make hints of this plan that they couldn't understand, and the outworking of which couldn't be understood until it was revealed 
in the coming of Jesus Christ. Imagine that. There is no other book like the Bible. You have to read it. It's written by 40 authors, but it's written by one. I've read the Bible right through from beginning to end a number of times, and when I reflect on it as a whole, when I sit back from it and think about it, the sense is it's written by one person. No wonder people get confused and think it was written by one person, but it wasn't. But yes, it was. It's written by the Holy Spirit, and it consistently reveals one unwavering, holy, loving, gracious, forgiving, righteous person from beginning to end, the person of God. There's no explanation for it other than the Bible is the word of God. You have to read it. Thirdly, it's an invitation for you to join. When you think about the Bible and the way it's written, it's really surprising. You would expect the Bible would be a list of rules, that it might be some sort of dry manual for life. But the way I best describe the Bible is that it's a record of God's interaction with people and his invitation to you to join in. Think about it. When you look through the whole Bible, it's predominantly an invitation. It's a record of God's interaction with people, individual, fallible, ordinary people, incredibly like you and me, despite the years between us. And it's an invitation for you and I to join in to spirituality and miracles and fullness of life with God. It's an invitation to you to become one of the people who interact with God. The Bible leads us to the invitation that we can have a life that God has made for us, interacting with him, seeing the world, seeing our future, our hope, seeing love with him knowing ourselves, whoever we are, not to be orphans in this world, but part of the book he's still writing in the lives of those who will join him now. You've got to read it. Fourthly, it's God's good guide for life. For those who join him, you see, God provides his word as a wonderful guide and protection for our best life. Often we're looking for how to make good decisions in life, People people often say, and they've said to me, I want to know the will of God for my life. Here's his word for you. He's had it recorded. He's had it protected. He's had it produced through all these years, as much for you as for anyone else on this planet. Here's his word for you. Sometimes, in fact, we can overlook the wealth he's given us. Sometimes... We're looking for some spectacular guidance from God when he's already given us something spectacular. There's the story told of a man drowning at sea and he prays for God to rescue him. Almost immediately a surf life-saving boat draws near and tries to pull him aboard, but time and time again he waves them away saying, no, God will rescue me, God's going to do something, and not realising that help has been given by God in the form of the rescue boat. And the same can be true for us. We have God's word to rescue us when needed and to guide us through all the perils and pitfalls of life. But sometimes we forget what we've already been given. Psalm 119, 105 tells us clearly, your word is a lamp for my feet 
and a light for my path. Do we have to turn the torch on? Turn the lamp on so we walk in the good ways. It's the word of God for our best life. You see, I know, I've lived a long time, I know there are a lot of temptations in life. In fact, the Bible warns us that there are evil forces intent on helping us to take damaging paths in life. The word of God is given to protect us from the paths that we will regret later. One of the words that Jesus gave that I find very helpful to remember when temptation comes to me in any way, as it comes to all of us, is this word, John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The short-term win of temptation only reduces and destroys us. Following God's good guidance in his word brings fullness of life. Or another one is this, Proverbs 14.12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Or one from my childhood that's been with me all these years. I was so glad to hear this as a young boy. Numbers 32.23. Take this home with you. Be sure your sins will find you out. You know, as a boy growing up and as a man, what a great thing to have in the back of your mind. When voices are saying to you, you can do what you like and get away with it. You know, you can cheat on your wife, you can cheat on your taxes, you can tell lies, you can, you know, be violent, you can all this and it's all going to be fine. The Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. These are all examples of how the word of God is God's guide to our best life by protecting us and others in our lives from the consequences of unwise choices. Today or during this year, you will be tempted. I guarantee you, if someone comes to me at the end of the year and says you weren't tempted all this year, I'll give you a lot of money. You will be tempted this year. You may even right now be considering actions in your life that will have damaging consequences for you and those around you. Open the Bible. Listen to God and not those other voices that come to you. The psalmist who wrote Psalm 119 wrote these words, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? And I can add, how can an older person, how can a man, how can a woman, how can a father, how can a mother, how can we stay on the path of purity? By living according to God's word. We really need to know his word. Fifthly, it's the book that gets right down to our heart, like no other. You know, we can't move forward as people unless we're really honest. We can't move forward in community unless we're honest, but even more importantly, we can't move forward within ourselves unless we're honest. And there's no book you can read, no counsellor you can go to more able to help you to be honest with yourself than the word of God read with, read with the Holy Spirit, the counsellor that God's given to each one of us. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is alive. That means it lives, it has energy, it moves, it moves towards us, it moves in us. The word of God is alive and it's active. That means it's powerful, it's effective, it's able to motivate, to accomplish good change in us. And the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit Joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 
Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes to whom eyes of him to whom we must give account. God's word can speak and motivate and correct and restore to the very deepest parts of who we are. Countless people have been changed to a new person through the power of the word of God. And in the quiet place with God and his word, we can be truly, deeply honest and receive grace and forgiveness and healing from the greatest heart surgeon ever by his word of life and love alive in us. I tell you, you can read some other book, but this book, read in prayer with the Holy Spirit, can read you. And it can soften and heal and strengthen, can even rewrite what's needed in you. Those things you don't like in you can change by reading this book. Those things you don't like in you can change by reading this book with the Holy Spirit. The loneliness, the hurt, the pain can be healed through what is written in here. Our hearts can be brought to life again to God's love as we read God's word to us. I don't know about you, but something changes in me every time I read even a simple verse like Paul's verse in Galatians 2.20 speaking about Jesus where Paul said, He loved me. He loved me and he gave himself for me. That gets to the heart, doesn't it? Sixthly, it is the book that changes the world. We have to be honest and say that people have at times misused and twisted the Bible to bad effects in this world, but that doesn't change the overwhelming evidence of the way the Bible has changed our world for good. Here are just some of those ways. The Bible gives fundamental belief in human dignity. The Bible is the foundation to our human rights and our legal system and the right to education and health and value for everybody. The Bible says we're made in the image of God. Every person matters. And the Bible certainly says that justice matters to God. The Bible gives us a passion for others. The Bible has inspired care and service for others as being a fundamental part of humanity. Jesus set the tone for us when he said, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. So of the 30 greatest charities in Australia, 26 are Christian-based. The Bible gives words to the highest values we cherish as people. Think about the Anzac spirit that in Australia we so greatly admire. The Anzac statement, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's amazing because it's a Bible verse about Jesus that still is the only words we can use to capture our best vision of humility, sacrifice and love. And it gives the message of God's eternal love for us in Jesus Christ. It changes the world because it tells us about a love that will last forever. Not everyone accepts this message, but for whoever accepts it, your world is changed and it begins to change the world around you as the ripples of God's love go out. And what we need in this country right now more than anything else is more people changed by the message of God's eternal love for us in Jesus. And finally, number seven, and so importantly, don't miss this last point. 
It's the living word of God for you. Some call it the rhema word of God. When we read the Bible, you see, it's helpful, it's all helpful every day. But just sometimes, for those of us who take the time to read the Bible, God takes a verse or a passage that maybe we've read a hundred times before and he speaks it into our heart and he says, here, I'm giving you this verse. I'm giving you this little passage in a new, special way right now. This is for you. This is for your life. And that one verse, that one living word from God, it can comfort us, it can encourage us, it can direct us and it can carry us. It can let us know with a certainty we would stake our lives on that God has spoken in the reality of our lives. I know because in our lives, both my wife Alison and I have experienced that and I know many others have. When I was called to be the pastor here many years ago, when Ali was called into leadership in Operation Christmas Child, we were both motivated and confirmed by God's living word, by him giving us a word, say, this is for you. Stake your life on it. By verses of scripture coming alive in our individual spirits. So I ask you the question. If you don't read his word, how can that ever happen to you? If you don't read his word, how can God ever speak to you in that way? If you don't read his word, look what you're missing. That's why we should all read the Bible, so that each one of us can hear him speak to us. Tell me, what could be better than to have the God of the universe awaken your soul as he speaks straight to you? So, let me ask you a question. Have I encouraged you to read his word every day? Have I encouraged you, not put you down, but encouraged you to read it with the guidance of his Holy Spirit? Maybe you don't even know Jesus yet here today. The Bible project, some people who work with the Bible describe the Bible well when it says it's a unified story that leads to Jesus. That's the place to start in the Bible. Just start reading about Jesus in one of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. Read them all and ask God to reveal the truth of Jesus to you. Ask someone here to read it with you if that would help. For all of us, you know, Bibles have never been easy to access, have they? They're free online. We can give you one if you need a hard copy Bible. Many of us have got multiple copies at home right now. There are wonderful ways to help us read the Bible too. Uversion have online Bible reading plans. There's Bible Gateway and heaps of others. Every Day with Jesus has helped Alison for years. There are commentaries available online for free as well. Or, or why not ask someone else that you know how they read the Bible? To read the whole Bible seems an amazing challenge. But it's not really that big. Do you know you could read the whole Bible in a year in nine minutes a day? Less than you spend on your breakfast, probably. And why only read it once? It's the best book ever written, 
All we have to do is start. So practically this year, will you agree with me on this statement? I will invest time to read God's word only on those days this year when I eat food. (laughs) Others are optional. Will you agree? Just read some of the word of God on the days this year when you eat food. And if that hasn't been your practice, how's it going to start tomorrow? When you get up, is something going to have to change just a few minutes so that you can have your soul awakened by the living God of the universe speaking to your heart? Can we pray together? Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we have received the ultimate revelation of your word in Jesus, that he is the living word. But we thank you that even right now as I hold this book, Lord, we, we wouldn't know about Jesus if someone hadn't written all the words down for us and passed them down. And at risk of death often, you've caused that they be sustained so that right now we have the greatest treasure in the universe within our grasp. And I pray, Lord, as we conclude this series of being awakened through prayer, through the presence of your spirit, through your word, Lord, that you will excite us and you'll meet us and you'll change us and you'll complete us as we read your word with you. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through the hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.